Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg from RightSource here, just sharing a few things today in terms of um, what we've been working with for some clients who are working in the not-for-profit space. And one of the uh, one of the interesting things, this question has come up a couple of times recently, is as uh, running a not-for-profit, so CEOs and boards and not-for-profits have asked this question, sort of like, should we compete? And it's like a really interesting question because it's not one that I'd really thought of in terms of needing to be asked, but I suppose... Let's dive into that because it actually unfolds a couple of really key points in terms of how you run your not-for-profit and I suppose that mindset you take in as you're running it. So when you set up a not-for-profit, quite often, and this I suppose comes down to that mindset that we talk about, when you set up a not-for-profit as a, an individual and you go, okay, I have a purpose that I want to set up an entity to make sure that runs forever and, and fulfills that purpose. You're not doing it to take over the world. You're not doing it to make a lot of money. You're not doing it to necessarily take out others who are doing it. You're doing it because you've seen a specific need that you think needs to be filled and you want to fill that need. And the need isn't being filled quite often, so there isn't any competition. You're not trying to beat someone else to that. Oh, there's a niche there I can fill and you know I'll make a lot of money. That's not, not that process. It's, there's a, a need there that no one else is filling. I'm going to fill that need. So the mindset of setting up a not-for-profit isn't to compete. You're filling a specific need but in saying that you still are you still will be competing right at the get-go you'll be competing for resources so in terms of good people directors on your board um, competing for funds donate whether it's donations or government funding I suppose you also be competing for you know awareness so to get your that message out there that you're trying to get out there you're still competing with all these other messages that are out there they might not be specifically on your niche but that's still noise and it still makes it hard for you to be heard. So you are competing from day dot. Now, okay, all right, yes, but I'm not trying to take out the competition. Okay, let's, let's nod and say yes. As you grow, and what happens in a not-for-profit is you, you do grow when you're successful. So you're good at what you do. You're feeling that niche that you started and you start growing. Now, quite often that niche will be geographically centered. So say you're doing, you're filling a need, a need in regional Queensland and you're starting to grow. Well, that's great. All of a sudden, you notice that regional New South Wales has the same need, but someone else is doing New, regional New South Wales. Well, should you grow into New South Wales since there's already someone there? This is the question and this is where it gets interesting. Well, you don't have to. As long as you're filling your purpose, it's fine. What benefit is there in doing it? Well, sometimes, what if you're doing it better? And I suppose this is the this is the thing that you find a lot in, uh, definitely in sport, but also in business, you'll find these pockets of excellence happen. So why is it that we get, you know, as, as a, a nation's will, they'll have three or four tennis players all of a sudden that are in the top 10, but for years they haven't. Why is that? Well, because what happens, the same in business, like you look at Silicon Valley, why are all the big tech companies in one very close geographical area? Why? It's because of competition, but it's the type of competition. So when you're competing, and when you're competing in good spirit, 
you're actually always looking at ways to be better so that your competition actually pushes you to do better. When you have no competition, you will still do better, but there's not the same need, the same impetus. But also there's not someone else bringing different ideas to the table. And that's what competition can do. You can look at, competition can show you different ways of approaching a problem, different ways of tackling the problem, different ways of executing. By having that competition, you actually allow yourself to do better. So competition's about doing better. And I think from a not-for-profit space, where you can encourage things to be done better, or if you see a, a way that things can be done better, I think competing and you know, showing others that you can do what you do better is a good thing. In saying that, and this is where I think the conversation gets interesting, sometimes competition, especially in a business sense, is thought of as we need to, you know, dig a hole under the competition and help them collapse, or it's all about making them fail. This is the mindset you have to bring to competition. Competition doesn't have to be that way. There are two types. There is that negative, destructive competition where it's about beating and, and winning. When it's not about winning, when it's about being better, then you're happy for your competition to do better because that's gonna push you better. So it's about how you, how you compete is important. But competing in itself, from a not-for-profit point of view, I think is fine. And the other, I suppose, recent change to overlay over this is the NDIS changes in the not-for-profit space, where grant-funded not-for-profits who were, I suppose, tied to a geographical or a government government area because of their grant funding, now no longer is tied because the NDIS allows you to do that service wherever you want, wherever there's customers that believe that want to choose you because you do a good service, you can operate. So there is actually an ability to grow and compete on a national level because of the NDIS. Whether you want to or not as a not-for-profit, it's up to you. Whether that's achieve your purpose, that's really for you to decide. I suppose the message I'm giving here from trying to give through this video is, as a not-for-profit, I think it's fine to compete against other not-for-profits as long as you're doing it through a constructive and a collaborative mindset because you can definitely work together and still compete. It's about having that mindset of not winning, but just being better. And for me personally, one of the things that I do like to see, and I, I think will happen more and more now, is when you start seeing not-for-profits compete against for-profits. This is really interesting. So when a not-for-profit starts competing against for-profits, there can be a really cool ball game. And I think what we're, happy, what we're seeing now, especially with there's a more awareness of social impact, especially with the younger generation coming through, really wanting to see the impact that companies make and not just, and the social responsibility and not just being about making money. I think the not-for-profits have a very important role to play in that because not-for-profits don't have shareholders. They are all about the purpose. So if you want to look at an organization that is all about the social impact, it is not for profits. So I think there's a really interesting place to be, to be filled there with not for profits. And I think being comfortable to compete on all levels will just make them stronger and ultimately allow them to achieve more of their purpose. So that's a bit of a conversation today um, in terms of not for profits and competing. Um, happy to have a conversation with you about your not for profit and what that might mean for you. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, 
check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.